The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone and welcome back to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast live on Port Fan Radio. Uh, joining us for this pre-draft special, we've got Porsche. G'day, Macca. Pretty excited about this one. It'd be nice to have more early picks, but uh, I think we'll have an interesting draft. It's going to be interesting, yeah. Mm. We've all got our favourites, and we know that we're going to pick someone that no one's ever heard of before, so... <laughs> As what happens every draft, but uh, that's great. And look, we, we've tried to get Mission Possible back on the podcast. He's having some technical difficulties at the moment, so we're, we're just going to start without him and hope that he can join a little bit later on. Um, so yeah, here we are. Draft day is only a few days away. Uh, it's pretty much my favourite day of the footy calendar, I'm not going to lie. Um, how do you feel about the changes to draft night? Because there are quite a lot of them, obviously with the, the new bidding process. Um, but it should make it a bit more of a consumer experience for those watching at home. Yeah, look, I think there's... Um, if you look at the precedent of the other drafts in other countries, like the NFL draft, like that's two days worth for, what, eight rounds? Um, literally eight rounds of 32 players, but uh, it, well, seven rounds, sorry, of 32 players, but uh, they take a lot of time between picks and uh, it makes it one of those things you can sort of follow for longer, make a night of it. And because there's so much more known about the players that are being drafted these days, it's easy for the commentators to fill in with a bit of a profile or an interview or whatever else between picks. And I guess the other thing to take into consideration is how the draft will change so much more dramatically than it has before with the uh, the new activation of academy picks uh, on the night live and how that'll affect both the academy clubs but also how it'll bump other people around the order as well. Um, it'll be, uh, it'll be, it's a bit a lot of changes. It'll be interesting to see if any clubs sort of lose out because they don't understand or they get them wrong or whatever else. Um, but uh, I guess it gives uh, Gillen his chance to say all the names and be centre stage, so I guess he'll think about that. <laughs> no doubt. I think it's all computerised now, so the clubs are now behind the scenes as opposed to sitting on tables next to each other like mm. uh, like pretty much forever it's been. Um, so yeah, I guess it's going to be similar to the NFL where you would think Gillen or maybe one of the other sort of AFL cronies is going to read out all the picks. Um, from what I understand, uh, there's going to be a deliberate gap in between each pick so that the commentators can explain team needs and go into a bit of detail about who's been picked and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, as opposed to the previous system where there was sort of a, a big deal made out of the top 10 and then the next sort of 40 picks just you know just got churned through in, in a matter of minutes. Um, so it should be a pretty interesting night. Yeah. Now, there's one thing I sort of... If you want to make a drinking game at a draft night, you need to listen out four times the Victorians are drafted interstate. And when they say, oh, they've got to leave mum, whatever else, you know, wouldn't be excited to just play AFL football anywhere, but gee, leaving Victoria, going to Perth or Brisbane... There's going to be at least one comment about that, and I reckon it might be two or three. So um, yep. keep an ear out for that. That won't change, I don't think, for another 10 years, but really it probably should by now. This happens all the time. That's it. So just before we get started on a bit of a mock draft, uh, I want your general thoughts on the draft class this year. I mean, it's been widely talked about that it is a weak draft. Um, do you agree with that? Uh, if you look through the players that are available, there seems to be a lot less players that you'd say were dead certs. Um, so right near the top, obviously, they're always near the top. It's pretty good, but there's lots of little flaws along the way or things that you're uncertain about. So uh, I think there's a bunch of players that have injured extensively during the year that are all considered like top 30 potential players. So um, that's unusual, uh, but it does happen occasionally. But to happen a lot, it sort of makes you wonder, oh, how good is the draft year? Um, if you can afford to take that sort of risk on such an unknown quantity um, early on. It's a, it, it's it's hard to say how the draft will be, but uh, there are other draft years that um, are rated as were rated as poor at the time, but they turned out pretty good for some clubs and not so good for others. So I think this is one of the years. Anytime there's a weak draft, it doesn't mean it's weak all the way down, and it can just mean that you have to have the good recruiting team on the day to come out with a good result. Like I think Port in 2008 drafted as well as anyone, whereas I think yep. most commentators would say that was a pretty poor draft year for um, most clubs. So. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it comes down to yeah. really this is, in the weak draft years. That's when you know you've got good club recruiters if you come out of them pretty well. So um, I think we've done all right in pre- recent years, uh, and I think that we're probably I would guess we're probably one of the better clubs in terms of identifying talent these days. Last couple of years for sure. Yeah, Parker's certainly earned his money the last few years, mm-hmm. um, which is good. 
Um, I think there's decent top-end talent, but I think it thins out pretty quick. Um, for me, I've counted 19 guys that I'm pretty confident should have AFL careers, a long-term AFL careers. And then there's a heap of guys in the question mark category who, who look pretty decent, but you know, it just might not fall their way um, once they get in the AFL system. I think there's a lot of guys that are going to be picked in the second round who probably aren't of second round quality in a normal year. I think it's hard to get a bit of a grasp on where some of these players fit. Yeah, a couple of examples, maybe Daniel Rioli and Nico Kearney, who sort of look okay, but you know, there's probably a 30-pick range where they might end up going. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, it's certainly not a tall's draft. Like There are a lot of tall players, but I think there's a lot of questions over them particularly. Um, and that's that's... Uh, not a great thing in some respects, but yeah, there's certainly going to be. I reckon once you get down to about pick 15, after that, it's going to be a real, real crapshoot as to who goes where. I think um, it's going to be very hard to get a prediction on what's going to happen on draft day, uh, particularly if one of the academy teams decides not to match a bid for a player, because I think that will surprise everyone. So, um, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the tolls are only sort of quasi toll. You know, they're they're around that sort of 191 centimetre mark, which is pretty interesting. Um, so I'm not sure if that's a thing, but yeah, I mean that might uh, that might um, be interesting to track some of these guys and see whereabouts they go and how they develop in the AFL system. Well, it's the interesting thing about it is if you look through the tools, um, they seem to be either those slightly short for a tall player ones, or the basically guys that look like converted ruckmen that are playing as key forwards or key backmen. Um, so we've got like 200 centimeter guys, like what Harry McKay. Josh Shack is, what, 199? Um, yep. There's a few guys like that that you can see that they're just taking a big guy and put him in a key position. So uh, the 195s seem to be disappearing. There's not a lot of them. Uh, so I just wonder if that's a fact of the game or if it's just that it's a poor draft year for those sort of forwards and therefore that's why slightly shorter guys and slightly taller guys have been getting those opportunities on the field. Yeah. Quite possibly. Well, look, let's get into it. Let's do our mock draft. We're going to go... We're going to alternate picks. Um... And go through the first round just to see where we think uh, a few of these guys might go. Um, so I might as well start off with uh, with pick one, which is Carlton. Um, it's pretty much been a fait accompli that uh, they'll be picking Jacob Re- uh, Wiedering. Uh, we've picked one for a long time now. He's a 195-centimetre key position defender, um, which is pretty interesting. It's almost breaking new ground. It's the first time a key defender is going to be drafted since Darren Gaspar way back in '93. Um, which is which is quite a, an achievement. Um, I think he's great defensively. He's got a really good intercept mark. He can play as that third toll sh- um, or as a shutdown player. Really good kick. Awesome leadership. He's basically Troy Chaplin with talent, is what I would say. I, I don't think Troy Chaplin's problem is talent. I think it's drive. But, um, yeah, look, I think that Whitering at this point is uh, pretty much a lock um, for Carlton. And it's fair enough. Um, it's not an exciting pick, though. You, when you're picking with the number one pick, you really want to get your brown low-quality midfielder if you can. Um, drafting a key backman is kind of a bit boring, but if you've got a key backman that you know is going to be playing for the next 10 years, then really, I mean, that's as far as the quality to your side, it's pretty fun, pretty good, uh, and you can see that's why Carlton would want to do that. But for the fans, it's probably a little bit dull. But you can probably get his number on your Guernsey and you're fine. So, um, mm. yeah, I think he's really the Monty now. Um, there's other options, but they don't really have the same certainty about them that Whitering does. Yeah. No, he's, he's pretty much locked in, I would think. And, you know, I think he's, you know, out of anyone in this draft, he's, you know, certain to sort of play that sort of 200 games, maybe the old Australian. I think he's got captaincy material written all over him. So, yeah, quite a decent first pick for them, uh, which leads into pick two, which is Brisbane. Yeah, now, Brisbane... I think that's pretty much consensus that they'll go for Josh Shack just because he's a bit of a monster of a forward. Um, 199 centimetres, 96 kilograms. He's Victorian uh, from the country, so he's less likely to be a, a flight risk, I guess, than some other players. And he's just really the obvious pick at that uh, position. Uh, there are other players that they could go for, um, but uh, they won't get them. So front of them is an academy player, obviously, Callum Mills, potentially. Aaron Francis could be, but really, if you're picking between Francis and Shaq, you've got to pick Shaq every time because he's more the real thing. He's, he's more one thing that you can count on being what he is, whereas there's others that you just don't know what they're going to be in the end. Yeah. Um, oh, this is, for me, this is the absolute 100% lock of the draft. They're definitely going to go Josh Shackey. Um, his dad played for the club. It's a bit of a fairy tale. His old man, Lawrence Shackey, who used to play for West Torrens in the SNFL, went up to Brisbane in the early 90s, uh, played about 20 or 30 games there. Uh, so he'll be 
sort of almost going back home, you'd have to say, maybe some unfinished business up there for the Shackey family. Yeah. Um, and I think his old man actually passed away about 10 years ago. So, oh. um, yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a fairy tale sort of story, that one. And look, it's exactly the sort of play that Brisbane need. They need someone that can kick goals. Yeah. Um, I think he broke the record for the amount of goals kicked at the national championships with 24, or at least equaled it. Um, so he's as good as any in this draft. Yep, totally agree. Pick three is Melbourne, but um, I'm going to go with, uh, I guess, what the consensus is going to be, and that's um, that they might bid on an academy player. I think a lot of people think they might bid on Callum Mills, but I'm actually going to bid on Jacob Hopper really? for GWS. Yeah, I reckon he's better than Mills. I reckon he's the best midfielder in this draft. He's ready to go, 186 centimetre inside mid. Um, so I reckon he's, um, yeah, he's going to be an absolute superstar, this kid. He's got the same sort of body shape and uh, ability to Ollie Wines, maybe a little bit more explosive. Um, yeah, I really like uh, Jacob Hopper, so that's uh, where I see he, uh, him going. And I think uh, GWS are definitely going to match that. Um, so their pick 10 ends up going up to pick 3. And there will be some other picks that they will need to use to, to match the points, the new point system, um, which also ends up being Melbourne with pick four. So do you want to do Melbourne with pick four? Well, I'd like to talk about that one first. Um, now, okay. After the trade period, uh, there was a little bit, of, I think there was some mysterious message from AFL House that, you know, conspiring in the draft is not going to be tolerated. And I kind of feel like that pick that Melbourne's got there, they got that from GWS, and I would have imagined that part of that would be you're not going to use it on Jacob Hopper. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. That obviously, well, that obviously raises the point value that they need to pay if he's drafted at number three rather than number four or five or whatever they originally had. I think they had five. Um, so that's really, you'd have to think that that's not going to happen, um, in my view, because I think that I reckon there's been a little quiet little deal because that was a very generous deal for Melbourne that uh, GWS offered for them to get them higher up in the top five picks. And I think there might yep. have been a little bit of a quiet thing on the side. But uh, okay. I guess we'll see. I think that Callum Mills is probably almost a better fit for the midfield too. But um, I think that Hopper is good. But I think that uh, Melbourne are actually looking all right for the inside midfielders these days. Um, I think there's a lot of potential there coming through. Good call. I like that. So we now have uh, pick four, which is Melbourne. Who are you going to yeah. pick? Yeah. <sighs> Pick four, there's Melbourne. Um, oh, gosh, I don't know. I think I'd pick Callum Mills still. I think I'd pick Mills. <sighs> the double academy. I like that. <laughs> the double academy. That would really shit <laughs> That would be amazing if that happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, I just think he's a good complement to the midfield I've got developing. Um, so you've got guys like Brayshaw, and you've still got Nathan Jones there, don't forget, that are going to be right there in the thick of it. And I think Callum Mills, he's got a bit of versatility to his game I think he's just a really good accent and you know we talk about Hogan being the great white hope for Melbourne but he still needs people that can kick to him on the lead so uh, I think Mills would be perfect fit for Melbourne honestly yep mm. no I would definitely agree with that um, obviously Sydney's going to uh, match that bit as well so their, their first pick which is, I think is in the 30s will move up um, and they'll get rid of a couple of their other picks in the 30s and 40s as well um, so he goes there I think um a lot of talk is that uh, if he was on the open market, he would quite possibly go pick one. I guess he's almost an unknown influence this year in that uh, I think he's only played three games of footy for the season due to injury. Yeah. Um, so he's one of those players which is uh, super highly rated, uh, was the best sort of 17-year-old uh, in the country last year. Uh, but we just haven't seen him this year. So uh, it will certainly be interesting to see if he gets over his injuries and see what he can perform next year. Absolutely. Yep, totally agree. Pick five, which is now Melbourne, still. Um, I'm, I'm going to go another... No, I'm not going to go another academy pick. I'm going to go with Darcy Parrish, who I think is uh, probably, outside of the two academy boys, the best uh, midfielder, or the best available midfielder in the draft. He's 181 centimetres. Uh, he's a bit more of an outside mid, can also play through the middle. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Rory Sloan uh, when he gets on the outside. Uh, really good pace, good endurance, great skills. Um, you know, he's kind of a, a bit of a complete midfielder for them. Uh, and I think he would sort of suit um, what they're trying to achieve um, going forward as well. Yeah, that's a surprising pick. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I could, I could see that happening. But 
Oh, I don't know. I don't. I think that the fact that he's a fairly small for a midfielder, I would think they were putting him at a lower priority for Melbourne than like a, a tall midfielder or a key forward or a key backman. Is he small though? One eighty-one centimeters. I mean, probably. I guess in modern terms, he's a little bit yeah. on the shorter side. But I wouldn't call him a small mid. Um, no, but for a draft D, he is um, because he's going to be playing in five years' time. When I mean, when you look through all the other guys that are marked as midfielders, and they go as high as one hundred ninety-three centimeters these days. So, um, hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying he'd be a bad pick, but I'm. I think they could. I think they could choose a bit more needy than that. But okay. he'd still, he'd certainly, you'd certainly have to think. I mean, he's if you if you think about the top ten players as being guys that you want to be players that can play a hundred games plus guaranteed, then you'd have to say Parrish should be right up there for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Mm. All right, pick six is Essendon. Yeah, uh, pressure's on. Who are you picking? It is. I think you've got to go around Francis really at this point. Um, <sighs> yeah, I think I think he probably compliments him pretty well. Really, um, is a. Potential anything really he can slot in that side. Uh, he's already playing in red and black from West Adelaide, so that helps a little bit. I don't know. Um, yeah. As a potential, as a potential half forward and midfielder um, that can mark and can do pretty much everything you want. Um, he might not have a set position, but maybe you don't need a set position. Uh, you know, everyone needs some versatile players, and I guess for X Factor, he's probably right up there as one of the players that he could be anything. But it's just a matter of whether he will or not. So. I think the Essendon are probably in a bit of a development phase and developing someone like Francis is probably not a bad idea. Yeah. He had a super good championships and had some massive games throughout the year playing as that sort of third-tall defender. Uh, for me, he's basically a, a Chad Corns clone. You know, he can play down back, he can play up forward, um, and I guess the hope is that he will end up going through the midfield. So it'll be certainly interesting to see his career and, and how it goes. He's also an Essendon supporter, I think. So I think if he's there, if Melbourne overlook him, um, then I think he's an absolute Monty to go to Essendon. Which leads me to pick seven, which is also Essendon. I think um, the perfect compliment to Aaron Francis. Um, if they're going to pick that player that can play down back, uh, I think they're going to pick a key forward as well. Uh, for me, I think they're going to go with Charlie Kerno, as opposed to maybe a Sam Wiedemann or a Harry Mackay. Um, for me, with Kerno, I think that they're going to be picking two players um, in Francis and Kerno that, uh, that are tall, they're sort of modern-day footballers, um, both have the, the capability of going through the midfield. So they're basically picking two Brennan Goddards, in my opinion. Um, I really like Kuno. I think they're going to sneak in front of Carlton, who I think will be um, the best bet to try and pick him as well. Um, so, yeah, that's who I'm going with uh, with pick seven. And I think we have got Mish. Oh, nice. Hello. Hey, here he is. <laughs> Oh, well, Mitch is setting up. I just want to disagree with you there, Macca, because I think that if you, if Essendon are picking Aaron Francis, who's, what, 190 centimetres, and then they pick um, uh, Kerno, who's 191 centimetres, I think they're really setting up for a very specific type of midfield um, that is a bit unusual. I, I would have thought that you could go for one of those, but having both of them in the same forward line would be a little under height, wouldn't it? Well, I don't think Francis will probably end up being a key forward. I reckon he'll stay a key defender if he doesn't go through the midfield or a third-toll defender, I should say. I think Kerno um, will start as a key forward. Obviously, their hope is that he can play through the midfield. He's got that sort of endurance about him. Um, but there's no guarantees that he'll be sort of midfield capable as well. So I think it's a risk, but I think it's a risk worth taking because um, Wiedemann's still a bit of an unknown. Burton's got the injury. No one knows what he's going to do. Harry Mackay's played sort of half a year of decent footy, um, and that's about it. So... I think whoever you choose in that sort of pick, um, unless they go for a midfielder, yeah, I think, um, I th- I think there's a bit of a question mark over them. I'd probably have a crack at someone like Matheson myself, Miss Matheson from Geelong Falcons. Um, I think he'd complement okay. that pick of Francis pretty well. Yep. Mish, how are we? Oh, I'm good. Yourself? Good, good. We've just started our mock draft. Um, yep. I'll just do a bit of a recap. So we've got obviously got Weedering pick one. We've got Shacky going to Brisbane at pick two. Um, we've got Hopper going to GWS with pick three, the Academy pick. Yep. Um, Melbourne have doubled up with the Academy picks and picked uh, Callum Mills with pick four, so he's off to Sydney. Um, pick five, Melbourne, we've got Darcy Parrish, and then the two Essendon picks, we've got Aaron Francis and Charlie Kerno. Kerno is the one that I, from what limited footage I've seen, I don't understand being so high. And mm. I'll understand... 
I'll stake right now for my footage that I've seen this year. It's really only enough to get a first impression on a guy, mm. as to say, yeah, he's got some real things, but I'd like to study him more. What little I've seen of Kerno, I'm just going. I actually don't see anything special about him, like nothing special that reeks top ten pick. Like yeah. no, not saying he can't play or anything like that, but my first instinct is pick twenty, not pick five or six or seven, which some people are talking. And so, again, having watched more, my opinion might change, but to me, he's a bit vanilla to be going that high. Do you think that's that's uh, that's maybe born out of the fact that it's a weak draft? Well, it's it's interesting. Like people say it's a weak draft, and then I sit there and look at some players that are being overlooked for the top twenty, and I sit there and go, well, people talk about maths and missing top twenty, and I'm going, well, if it's a weak draft, how the hell does he miss the top twenty? Hmm. Do right. you think with Kerno? Um... You say there's not anything particularly exceptional about his game, but is he highly consistent? Is that maybe it? That, that in, a, hey. in, a, in a year with a lot of not-quite-right players, they're going for consistent players that have got potential to just plug in games and go? I think, yeah, well, again, they've all watched him a lot more than I have, so I think there is a lot of appeal to what he could be mm. rather than what he actually is, and I think there is a bit of Crips rubbing off onto him whereby all of a sudden Cripps has turned out a bit better than what everybody thinks. I think yep. there's a bit of flavour of day that Kerno could be that sort of player. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll admit at the time, I didn't think Cripps would be this good either. Yeah, so yeah. you think it might be a bit of a cargo cult sort of thing, um, like there was for ruck forwards around the time that Justin Longmuir went yeah. number two? I think there is always a slight factor of that mm. um, because you see a player succeed that types of players succeed that you haven't raided before and then all of a sudden you start raiding them yeah. doesn't mean it's going to actually work. Yeah, I've got to say, how many times do we hear players dubbed as the next Anthony Kudafides? Um, there's a <laughs> lot. There's a lot. Yeah. 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 Hopper, again, I think, I think some of the GWS boy, the academy kids benefit from being in the academy system and particularly playing Div 2 footy, they actually look a bit better than they are. Mm. I think I think if someone like Hopper had been running as a Saint Four, I don't know that you'd be talking top three for him either. He can mm. still play, though. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, I think they get an easier ride. And I think clubs are willing to call their name out a fraction earlier because they know they'll get matched. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bit of gamesmanship, I like it. Not not a lot earlier. Like they're not going to sit there and they're not going to pick Buddy Himmelberg at pick five because they're going <laughs> to pick an academy no. kid because they know it's not going to get matched. Do you but, think the fact that they're getting AFL quality training at an earlier age is part of the factor in that? Um, I so think it makes them look better. I yeah. think it makes them look better. Um, so you don't think it makes them better players or more prepared players for AFL-level football? Because obviously that's always a concern when you're drafting 18-year-olds is whether they've got the personality fit or they know what it's all about before they get drafted. Yeah, they're certainly more prepared. Yeah. So that that certainly helps them. That is one thing they've got them that. But having said that, with more prepared, you get less upside. Hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, less unknowns, yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, look, let's get back into the uh, the mock draft. We're up to pick eight, which is Gold Coast. Mish, do you want to jump in and uh, and choose pick eight? Oh, pick eight. Can I take Harry McKay? You certainly can. Um, so- they need key forwards. Um, I think he's an absolute gun. Got some what? rough edges, but the rough edges I really love. He, not too many people his size are real hard at the footy. He's got this real aggression that the other tools don't have. And competitive beast about him. So is it Mate. really just, is it that competitive ethic? Like, because I mean, I think there's a lot of people that would probably think Sam Wiedemann would be around that mark. So is that really the edge that you think he's got on Wiedemann, perhaps? Just that competitive I th- edge? Or? I, I think that's the edge he has got. Having said that, I again, Wiedemann's one that I haven't seen a lot of. Mm. Whereas Harry, I've seen a reasonable amount, and I'm happy to call Harry at that stage. Now, the best thing I've heard about um, Wiedemann is that he did well in the academy game at the best at the beginning of the year. 
And I've yeah, always yeah. said kids that do well in that academy game become good footballers. But you virtually ignore what they do for the rest of the season in under-18s. If they do well in that game, they can play. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Because they, they're playing against senior players with players that they don't really play mm. with. And if they can find the footy and stand out in a game like that, they can play footy and they can adjust to AFL level. Yeah, That's fair enough. enough. To okay. oversimplify things, but, yep. Um, and it probably Jack, does a bit. Jack a great example of that whereby he played a good academy game and he had a very ordinary year. And he's just shown what he showed in that academy game is what he brought to AFL. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that um, one of the things about playing suddenly with a bunch of players you're not used to playing with is that that favours some roles more than others. Because um, obviously, yeah. in in the on the in a footy team, there are some units that have a lot more uh, team tactics, uh, and so they're less likely to be on display in that sort of game. Whereas the, I suppose your extracting midfielders are always going to look good. You know, your um, your forwards that find space are always going to look fairly good. Whereas your defenders are probably defenders are probably not going to look as good um, unless they're one on one. Yeah, but defenders who can defend show they got defence. They get a chance to show their poise coming out of defence. They don't. It's oh, sure. not necessarily who plays best in that game, but they'll show yeah. their quality. Okay. Yep. No, that's fair enough. Yep. Well, they're going to have some tall timber up there, Gold Coast, with uh, Mackay, Peter Wright, and uh, Tommy Lynch. So, that might be one to look out for. Oh, well, they did um, just lose the uh, Dixon. <laughs> yes. Yes. True. Um, yep. Absolutely. Yeah, no, sit there and think, you don't get the chance to pick up quality tools too often. No. Yeah. And I think these two are, two are quality by what they're talking about. Weathering them from what I see from McKay, I think he's quality. Okay. No worries. Well, next pick, pick nine, is uh, Melbourne, Porsche. Do you want to uh, pick that one? Yeah, I'll pick Wiedemann. Thanks, Sam Wiedemann, Wiedemann? Eastern Rangers. Um, just because we've... It, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, we've already got Francis there, so if you had... Francis and you take your key forward and Wiedemann I think that just really is a, a really good draft for Melbourne you sort of pack up and go home almost um, yeah. Yeah, I'd be pretty excited oh, Absolutely I mean they've got Hogan up there um, now they've got another talented uh, toll to go with him, he didn't really play much this year, uh, but look with two picks in the top ten um, I'm expecting Melbourne to go one small and one toll, so to end up with Parrish and, uh, and Wiedemann I think they'd be pretty happy Yeah Yeah definitely yeah. Yeah, I'm waiting. It'd be great for him to come in behind Hogan and not be that first target because Hogan's always going to take that key for key defender. Yeah, right. He's always going to take the best defender. So it's a nice fit for Wiedemann to come in and around that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Hogan play a few times this year, and I think he's definitely going to be a player that will punish him if he's not treated as the number one forward. Um, he's he's, he's just it. too he's smart. Yeah. Hogan's he's, too smart. Work ethic's good. He's too um, smart, too strong. Yep. Yep. So, again, maybe not super quick athletic, but he'll get to where the ball's going all the yep. time. And that's the trick. That's being a footballer. With the next pick, it is uh, pick 10 with Carlton. I'm actually going to jump in and pick um, Eric Hipwood. I'm going to bid on Eric Hipwood, who's the uh, the Brisbane Academy player. He's a 200-centimetre key position player. can play centre-half pack, can play... Centre forward, um, he's got pretty good agility, so he can also sort of run through the middle a little bit. Um, so I reckon they're after a toll, so I'm going to pick Hipwood, um, of which obviously Brisbane will also match. Um, so that will be where uh, where Hipwood goes. So Brisbane will use a few picks um, uh, with the points there as well, uh, yes. which bumps Carlton down to pick 11, and your pick, Mish. Um, just hold on a sec. My pick for Carlton. Um, I'll just go with pure talent here. I'll go with Malera. Really? Yep. Maybe not. There are some guys in the draft which just have talent and they haven't actually produced consistently on the footy field. Mm. Um, but they are just, their football talent's just excellent. And dare I say, Carlton does not have much football talent. Right. It's just pure raw talent. And his final series, like, not too many kids have ever come through the Senate for under-18s to kick five goals in a final. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He, he's showing. He's just... He takes the ball. He's stronger than he looks. He, I've said it to Macca before. He reminds me of Burgoyne. 
whereby mm. Sean, where he's got that extra strength in the contest that you don't think he's got. You think he's going to get knocked off the ball, and next thing he's knocking you off the ball. So, do you, do you think the Carlton's football department is good enough to be taking players that they're going to have to really develop to fit in the side? or they? Because I kind of think Carlton would be leaning towards sure things that they don't that they just sort of progress normally. I don't know at this point because they're so bad. Well, anyway, I, I think malaria is a sure thing to be an okay. AFL footballer. I even, don't even with... think I don't think he's a sure thing to be a thirty possession midfielder. No, I don't Not. think he ever is, and if he is going to get to that level, God help us, because he will absolutely blitz games apart like, yeah, virtually no one ever has before type thing. He's, he's that sort of player where if he touches it 20 times a game, you're in trouble. And he's got the runs on the board with uh, with senior footy already. All right, pick 12, Adelaide, Porsche. Who are you picking? Calamachi. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Younger, brother, younger brother of um, Brendan Archie. I think that He's almost like a local because he'll have a brother locally, so that's going to be a non-factor, the fact he's not from South Australia, and I think that he could slot into that um, Crows side pretty well. I think that it's exactly the sort of player they need, personally. Yep. Um, so, again, you've gone with pure talent as well with yeah, him. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 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 yeah, and, I mean, I think they'd back themselves into developing, uh, and obviously with a change of coach, I mean, that's exactly when you want to have young guys that have got talent coming through so they can learn with the new coach in place and learn their style of game. And that'll probably accelerate, if anything, because they'll be starting from a clean slate. So, yeah, I reckon he's exactly the sort of player they'd go for. And I think that the go-home factor is a non-factor, um, yep. given Brendan. Yeah. As we mentioned before the podcast, Porsche, I've picked him as maybe a slider for me. I reckon he might drop to uh, to maybe in the 20s. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the, the type of player that they would probably like, someone with a bit of class and skill. Uh, can take a hanger, can kick a really good goal. I'll be hoping he can play in the midfield. I'm not sure whether he will end up a midfielder or maybe he'll just end up um, that sort of wing guard type uh, half-forward flanker. Uh, but yeah, interesting pick. Um, and yeah, it would be interesting to see him uh, in Crow's colours. So pick 13 is Carlton. I'm going to go... So they've picked uh, they've picked Weedering at centre-half pack. Um, they've got Malera, who's that uh, the gun sort of small... I'm going to take a punt on Ryan Burton, who uh, on talent alone could be uh, considered maybe the best pick in the draft. Uh, but we know he had that horrific um, broken knee, I guess you would call it, where he sort of snapped his knee. Um, probably didn't have a very good medical from what I've heard. Um, but I think on talent alone, you've just got to back yourself in. I think he's the best player at that pick. Um, and look, if he comes good, then they've got an absolute superstar at a, at a pretty decent price. I think that's a big... I, I mean, the reason I didn't go with Burton for the Crows, even though he, they might pick him, I just think there's just too much risk involved and the upside is dubious in that he's a lead out forward. He's a little bit under height for the future. Like in five years' time, he'll probably be a little bit under height for that role. Um and he's missed a whole year, and it was an injury to one of the most vital things for a key position forward. It's not like a shoulder or a collarbone or something like that, like his knee. Um, for a lead-up forward, you've got to have legs that can just go. So I think there's a huge number of risks, and I'd be surprised if he went before 18 or 19 or so. Yeah. I, reckon that's, I reckon that's about 10 picks too early or, or about or 8 picks too early for him. Well, look, I think Carlton's yeah. in probably the best position to, to, uh, to take a punt with someone like that. they got four picks in the first 20. Um, you know, why not? I kind of feel like that's a risk that you take with your later pick in the top 20. Like, I think they can afford to let him maybe fall later and then just if he's not there, he's not there and you pick a, pick someone else instead. Yeah. Um, oh, that's fair enough. What are your thoughts, Mish? I I just think what I'm reading between the lines is his medical is not good enough to take the risk on at no. that sort of pick. And it's easy to say Carlton can afford it with four picks, but Carlton need to build their future. Mm. All right. There's no point just throwing one away just because I got four. Um, easy enough for GWS to do that when they had nine in 15, but mm. yeah, yeah, they're not going to get a couple of years of getting four picks in the top 20. Mm. So they've got to make this year count. Um, yeah. And Bert, Burton, without any injury, he would have... He'd be that midfielder forward type situation whereby... Um, 
he could play 30% of the game in the midfield and actually be very good there, as well as being your lead-up forward. So he's not just a one-trick pony. No, so, but you'd think his agility is compromised with that knee injury. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's a reach to take him that early. Why not? Well, let's move on and talk about uh, Richmond's pick 14, which is uh, Mish, you again. Um, we haven't picked Kennedy yet, have we? No. No, we haven't? No. So I'll nominate him. Okay. Uh, no doubt he'll get matched. Absolutely. And the, I, th- I think Calamache is a Monty to go at this pick. Oh, fair enough. He's, he's already gone, so you bugger. I'm going to reach a bit for speed here. I'm going to go Tucker. 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 Okay. Nice one. Yep. Yep. I think they need some outside speed and carry. I think that's actually a good fit for them. And I think now we're starting to get them down to a group of players that are all similar. Yep. Yeah, that's fair enough. No, uh, I do agree with that. Yeah, that's an interesting pick. I'm not sure Tucker will go that high um, on the night, but I do like Darcy Tucker. I think he's got good skills, um, can play down back, can play in the midfield. Um, certainly one to watch. I think um, if he does end up going around that sort of pick 20 mark, I reckon someone's got a bit of a gun. Uh, pick 16, Adelaide, Porsche, your pick. Uh, I'm, this is a real bugger because there's two players. One that I think that if he doesn't go at this pick and he'll definitely go to St Kilda and that's Harley Balak um, from Sandringham. He's in their wheelhouse. He's a sort. Of, he's just going to be a... You'd have to think he's probably, probably going to be a, a good player. Um, and I'd, the other one would be Matt, Reese Matheson from Geelong Falcons, but I'm just not sure he's a need for the Crows, uh, really. The thing with Reese Matheson for me is that he's got a bit of the Matt Crouches. He's very similar to Matt Crouch. Well, I, don't, I personally don't rate his foot skills all that highly. I think he sort of rushes his kicks a bit much and sort of just banks it on the boot as hard as he can. Um, but there's no doubting his inside class um, and his ability to read the play at the stoppage is probably better than anybody else um, in the draft. I guess seeing as I'm having a tough choice between the two, Which I'm going to go with you? Matheson because he's not he's big country instead of Vic Metro and Crows have a terrible yeah. record with Vic Metro. But I'd yeah. probably go Matheson. Yeah. Reese Matheson yeah. will do, hey, I, the Crows? I, I think that's a bargain. If that yeah. ever gets Matheson down around there, I think they're getting a bargain because you first centre bounce grand final day, you want him in there. Yeah. Mm. Right. He, he'll set the tone of a game. Right. So, and he gets the ball and he gets important football. And he's not yep. getting 20 possessions running around and wide on the halfback flank. He's, he's where the action is. Yep. Yep. No, yep. I think he's definitely one of the, the gems in that top section for sure. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, but I agree with Mac. He's not an elite kick, but then I don't think he's a disaster zone either. I think there's a lot of players that have got on okay without being an elite kick. Um, admittedly, I'm the ones I'm yeah. playing think he'll played about ten years ago, but I think that there's certainly room for them in the side for sure. No doubt. Yep. Well, next pick is St Kilda at pick seventeen. I'm going to go with uh, probably my favourite player in the draft, and that's Riley Bonner. Um, I think. You look at um, you look at St Kilda's back line. It's probably still a little bit old. You know, Sam Fisher's about to retire. They need someone with the the pace um, and skill to kick out of the defensive fifty. Uh, I think Riley Bonner's that player. I reckon he's the best kick in the draft. Uh, can hoof at sixty meters and, and um, hit it on a dime as well. Uh, good size, one hundred ninety one centimeters. Might be able to go into the midfield in the future. Um, and look, hopefully, if he goes to St Kilda, we might be able to snag him back at some point as well. <laughs> I I think Riley Bonner's a gun player to have running around in your half back your wing to use the footy. Um mm. he's he's not the inside contested footy player, but he's outside and as has been probably been pointed out a million times, he's just as good on his right as his left and that's just not heard of. Yeah. Right. I can't remember ever sitting there saying this left footer can kick on his right as well as his left off said it the other way around but yeah mm. well, I think there's one of those things with um, St Kilda recently they had the um, footage of their team discussing draft selections and trading periods and all that sort of thing and they're talking about the reason I remember it is because they're talking about Cameron O'Shea obviously uh, and the reasons why why they would not approach Cam um, to trade for Cam over from Port Adelaide and the things that they liked about him and the things they didn't and I think that Riley Bonner you know if you're not going to get Cam O'Shea on the cheap then you could he's, Bonner's probably an upgrade on that uh, and 
if Richardson was interested in that with uh, O'Shea, then he's definitely going to be interested in Bonner. So I think that's yeah. I think that's a fair call. But I also think I think if Balak is there, I think they might go with him just because he's definitely not going to go anywhere else. I don't know. Yeah. I just think a, a defensive group with uh, with Carlisle, with Goddard, and Bonner. Um, you know, that's pretty scary. I reckon that's a pretty good defensive group to base your team around for the next sort of ten years. So yeah, yeah. And one thing with Bonner. You show his highlights to AFL coach. They're just going to go, yes, please. Uh, yeah, they're going to, they're going to, and through summer they're going to see his foot skills. He's going to get every chance to play round one. Yeah, just that's true. They're going to love his foot skills and think if he gets mm. footy, we're in good shape. Well, he's got the brain as well. Like he's got really good vision down the field, Bonner. Um, and that's obviously part of it is understanding the game, but also just having that yep. awareness and that brain that, I mean, you can't train that brain. If you don't have it, you don't have it. So um, yep. that certainly is what keeps him up in that elite category of players that uh, is why he's getting drafted this early. Yep, that's it. Well, let's move on. Uh, pick 18 is Mish again with uh, the Premier's Hawthorne. Hawthorne. With an ageing midfield. First of all, uh, I think it's time we nominate Keith. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I think that's fair. Get so, yeah, he's just a solid midfielder that does it. Now, not necessarily a horse on tight, but with their ageing midfield, I'm going to go Oliver. Okay. Yep. Now, Macro and I were discussing this before the show, um, that we weren't sure where to position Oliver because it seemed like he could go anywhere. Um, so what, what's your thinking behind Oliver, and do you think there's going to be much variation in where he could potentially go in the draft? Well, the talk is he's going a lot higher than what, I would take him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I, there's talk of him inside the top 10, well and truly inside the top 10. I just sit there and go, no, he's a workhorse inside midfielder. Yes, he's tested well at draft camp, tested better than people thought, but I still don't sit, see how that pushes you up from a mid-20s pick to a top 10 pick. Right. So I think he'll win the ball. I think there's some tricks to it, just... Again, big bodied midfielder bashing up on kids. Mm. Uh, it's a risk. It's it's an absolute risk, especially if it, if um if the talk that he is possibly going to go in the top ten. I mean, I reckon that's crazy talk. But I don't know. As I said before, uh, we did the podcast. I reckon there's every chance he's going to be more sort of Daniel Wellstone as opposed to Jordan Lewis. Do you think he might be a little bit Brock McLean? Because I mean, he went pick five and he he was okay. He was certainly not the best, but for pick five, you know, there's something they saw him at that young age to say, yep, yeah, we'll put him in there because he can plug and play. Do you think Oliver might be a bit of a plug and play guy that you just sort of bring in and therefore is maybe more appealing to bottom four sides? Yeah, now, now this sounds hard because I compare him more to Ollie Wines and Brock McLean because he's that strong-bodied okay. kid that oh, yeah. you, you don't really see too often come through the draft. However, yeah. not too many of them can plug and play inside mid in their first year. That's um, true. Because generally, generally inside mid just get kicked out by the bigger bodies and they just can't do it. Um, yeah. And as much as Wine showed a lot of potential that first year, there are, there are games where he just really, really struggled against the bigger bodies. Coming yeah. year two, all of a sudden he's had the best final series a teenager's ever had. Yeah, true. But I'm not putting as much as Oliver on paper looks very similar. I wouldn't reach for him like I did Wines. I think Wines just had that natural competitive edge that yeah. you can't find. Yep, no, fair enough. So in that scenario, yep. I can see why it makes sense for Hawthorne to pick him up because they don't need him straight away. Well, that's it. He can spend yeah. 12 months refining his body and getting maybe a little bit fitter. and you know, He'll probably play games on a forward flank to start with anyway, so... Yeah, and flashes through the middle. But they do have to start preparing for Hodge and Mitchell not to be there when it counts. Yeah, that's true. I like that. Well, next pick, uh, Gold Coast. Um, Pick 20. I am going to pick Harley Ballack, who I think is probably best available with that pick. Um, They've already got Harry Mackay with the, uh, the key position forward there. So I think going another midfielder that can play on the outside, deliver the ball... Um, I think he's got um, pretty decent inside skills as well from what I've seen. Um, certainly a bit underrated in that area. Um, I reckon he's best available at this pick, so Harley Ballack it is. 
next bit. I don't like on just you, and I really put it like. Mm. I, for, me, for me, my perception was that he was on the end of things a lot rather than creating them. And dare I say, from what I saw, he tends to go sideways a bit too much, and I hate that in football. People who get the ball out in the open and then go sideways rather than take the game on and put it on their own shoulders to try and hit the target 50 yards down the track rather yeah. than going 25 metres wide and getting your 100% yeah. efficiency rate. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, think and I, think, I think that's the one thing that made me cringe when I watched him. It's like, attack yeah. the game, take it on. Like, it's interesting when you're watching highlights of other players and he appears in a lot of them, but that's, like, like I said, because he's on the end of them a lot. Um, and he, that's okay, certainly for championship football, but for AFL, I mean, there's not a lot of players you could say that don't create, they don't get their own ball and don't hunt and don't do all the other things. And I didn't, haven't really seen, from the limited stuff I've seen, I haven't really seen Ballet do that all that much. No. Mm. Yeah. All right, next pick is Mish with... Uh... Or is it Mish? Or is it you, no, Porsche? it's me. I haven't done it for a while. Yep. No, that's true. Yep, Porsche. <laughs> uh, it is pick 21, and that is North Melbourne. All right. Um, oh, gosh, this is a tricky one. I reckon I might take a bid on Josh Dunkley at this pick. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think the fact that he's sort of coming through in Victoria, uh, like potentially if Sydney don't match, I don't know whether Sydney will or not, but I think that he's around that well, He hasn't even nominated Sydney, has he? Hasn't he? I thought he had. Oh, really? I thought he had. Oh, in that case, definitely Dunkley. Well, unless he's nominated today, but he wants yeah. to go further. So, um, I, I know yeah, there was some talk. Yeah. He's got till Friday to do it. So, and I think Sydney will match it if he is, but I would assume at this stage he's not going to sign for Sydney and he wants to stay in Melbourne. Yeah, and you'd have to say yeah. he's got a pretty damn good chance of staying in uh, Victoria. So, um, yeah, I'd definitely go for Dunkley at this pick, I reckon. Yeah. No, that's a good shot. Even as another interstate club, if he's refused to go to Sydney as father son, yeah, yep. You're thinking your chances of actually keeping him interstate as a random club would have to be minimal. Yeah, and North Melbourne's a good fit, I think. Um, Absolutely, as a club, really. Yep, no, I like that. Uh, Mish, uh, you get to pick Hawthorne again. Hawks again. <laughs> hey, I pick both Adelaide. Bloody Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hawthorne, Hawthorne. Who can come off of half back for him? Um, Tommy Cole. Okay. Yep. Okay. Really. Uh, class, class footballer. Maybe not as hard as nails as I'd like them, but I think, I think certainly at Hawthorne you get told, taught how to be hard as nails pretty damn quick. Um, but yeah, he's somebody who can bring in that outside run role. I'm kind of surprised. Like, I'm just looking through the players that we haven't picked, and I'm kind of a little bit surprised that Kieran Collins hasn't gone at this point. But I mean, I'm not saying that Hawthorne have a need for him, but I'm just thinking, wow, that's kind of surprising. <laughs> well, they probably do have a need for him, Hawthorne. I mean, Brian Lake's just retired. Um, you know, Stratton's probably you know getting on a bit. They're going to have to rely on show and makers a bit this year as well. Um, so I think he's a big chance to go there. I also think he's a big chance to go to North Melbourne as well because their uh, defensive group's uh, quite aging as well. Obviously, they picked Durden last year, but I think he'd be a, a fair chance to go to North. I look at him now, dare I say, I look at Adapale Carlisle, and he's just a good, honest fullback. Mm. I look at Collins and think, you're a level below Carlisle. If that's where he ends up, you don't want to be picking him now. Um, to me, just AFL, he's going to lack that yard off of the mark. As a forward, you're just going to get separation on him. So, so I would, as the opposition coach, I'd just match him up on a fast forward and go go for it. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess he does have that. If he's, yeah, if he's not fast, he's that 195 mark. I mean, you've got monster forwards coming through, as we're seeing in this draft year. Um, if he doesn't have the speed edge as well to make up for a height deficiency, then that could put a query on how he'll develop on the side. Um, is he a creative backman at all, do you think? Or is he just really a bit of a shutdown? I think he's more a shutdown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he uses the ball. Again, he uses it well coming out. And this is probably a bit more of my Carlisle. He does these nice short kicks that find the target and they then run the ball out like Alipati does. You, know, you don't really see Carlisle run out and 
get 50 metres to somebody too often. That's true. Yeah. Whereas he gets it to, he gets it out to Broadband or Pittard and they can then run and hit the target 50 metres down the track or turn it over. Okay. Yep. Right, that's, that's fair enough. Well, yep. there's one pick left, uh, which is Carlton at pick 23. I think, Porsche, you can pick this one. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've already got Weedering, so they've got their key defender. They've got Malera. Um, they've got Burton, who's a bit of a risky pick. Yeah, is. is it time to go safe? Uh, part of me thinks this is bad thinking, but it doesn't mean Carlton won't do it. Which is part of me thinks that even though we've just sort of been having a go at Kieran Collins, I think the fact that he's played with um, Wettering previously, I think going for that double would be pretty damn tempting for Carlton. But oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe have a bid on Ben Keys at Brisbane. He's already gone. Was he? Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay, in that case, yeah. not him, obviously. Um, <clears throat> time, uh... thank you, Carlton. Uh, you're running out of time. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben, Mc- ben McKay. That would be Not real good on the night, wouldn't it? Shut up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Ben McKay, brother of Harry. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Right, so they get their uh, they get the twin towers down back. Yeah. Or yeah. Or he's more forward. I think Ben McKay wants to be, but um, I think it gives him because I mean he can go back. Um, I don't know. We're not that, forward that's yet. So. Yeah, I don't know. I'll stick with that, but I'm happy to be argued with. <laughs> right. I, tall, tall defenders can't argue that Carlton don't need them. Yeah. No, that's true. Maybe I would have probably gone mid. Maybe someone like Ryan Clark, but I like Ben Mackay as well. So there's probably a few players uh, or a few interesting players still left. There's Ryan Clark, there's Mitch Hibbard, Kieran Collins, Jade Gresham, um, Daniel Rioli, David Cunningham, um, Luke Partington still available as well. Mm-hmm. What I might do is uh, is close off this podcast. So we've done our, our top, uh, our first round in a mock draft. What we'll do, guys, is uh, is say goodbye briefly, um, and we will be back shortly with part two, where we start to go through Port Adelaide's picks in a bit more detail. Goes forward again for Port Adelaide. No laughing matter for the ruse. Treadray. Oh, don't tell me. Oh, Treadray! Party time! And thank you very much. 